Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. Welcome to the Indie Film Hustle Podcast, episode number 190. When I was a kid, I wanted to be invisible, so I became a writer. Clive Barker. Broadcasting from the back alley in Hollywood, it's the Indie Film Hustle Podcast, where we show you how to survive and thrive as an indie filmmaker in the jungles of the film biz. And here's your host, Alex Ferrari. Welcome, my Indie Film Hustlers, to another episode of the Indie Film Hustle Podcast. I am your humble host, Alex Ferrari. Now, today's show is sponsored by taylorsound.com. One of the most complicated problems I've had in my professional career is sound, and sound mixing, sound design is generally always very expensive. But Taylor Sound has come onto the scene and has done something pretty incredible. Like so many other things you have in the world today, now you can get your sound design online. They're offering flat promotional rates for commercials, music videos, short films, and any other video content that's short form. They're very affordable, and because you are an Indie Film Hustle Tribe member, we'll get 15% off your order. Just type in the word hustle in the post your brief section. That's T-A-I-L-O-R sound.com. So guys, today on the show, we have Chris Vogler, who is the writer of The Writer's Journey, which breaks down Joseph Campbell's hero's journey for filmmakers and screenwriters. And I wanted to take an excerpt from his amazing course that he did with Michael Haig called The Screenwriting Blueprint, The Hero's Two Journeys. And Chris, in this, uh, this clip that I'm, I'm sharing with you guys, goes through the breakdown of the ordinary world versus the special world in the hero's journey and it's an it's kind of a part of the hero's journey that is not discussed in detail very much out in in the world so i wanted to kind of bring this to you guys give you guys a, a little bit of a taste of the kind of killer information that's in this course and it has over i think 4000 students and is one of the best selling screenwriting uh courses on udemy and of course, because you guys are part of the tribe, I will give you a special discount code at the end of the episode. So sit back, take some notes, and enjoy. Now, I got my terminology mostly from Campbell. I've adapted it a little bit, and I've edited here and there because he wasn't talking about movies. He was talking about myths and legends, fairy tales, and folklore. And they're similar, but they do have their distinctions. And I, I urge all of you to think this way. As you listen to these ideas and anyone's ideas about writing, I, I think you find there's, oh, there's a useful idea, and that's, that's right, I agree with that, and that, oh, I never thought of that before. But 
at some point, I think, you make up your own. And you, you create your own lingo and your own uh, shared language with the people that you work with. Uh, and I think that's what you must do here, is absorb it and you know, take notes or pull out a piece here and there that sounds right to your observation of the world. This is all about how you perceive things as an artist. So you've got to make it your own. And that's why Campbell called his book The Hero with a Thousand Faces, not The Hero with One Face. He could have said that because in a way it's true. There is one general human story that keeps being told over and over. But he said, no, it's a thousand faces because it shifts with the point of view of each person and especially each culture. So cultures have some distinctions here. Now, the four movements uh, Campbell gave names to, and I have stuck by those by and large. Uh, the opening movement, uh, he just called separation. Separation, because that is the act or the action that is happening in that first act. There is a lot of wordplay in this system, uh, in this way of looking at things, and uh, I find often you have to look at the words and their origins or understand two or three meanings for them to really get the full package. When we say an act in a script or a play, we mean a division of time, uh, but we also can mean an action that's being performed. And what's the action of the first quarter of most stories? It is to separate from something, from that ordinary world. So think about your own stories as we go through this and see, does this apply? Does this make sense? Uh, it's no problem if, if it doesn't because we're flexible here. But uh, I think this is what you must do, is try to plug it into your own, your own stories. But I find... Most stories have this, uh, this general action going on for the first, say, 20, 25 minutes. It's all about pulling up your roots and breaking the apron strings and getting out of uh, one environment and into another. Sometimes with difficulty uh, and sometimes with great eagerness. I mean, for example, in The Firm, uh, the character is uh, separating from that old world and in fact, he's running from it, you know, running from the fact that his mom is in a trailer park and that he has an unacceptable brother and he doesn't want to face any of that, so he's running headlong into this. That's one condition. Other heroes are still clinging to their ordinary world and have to be yanked out of it. But the act of separation is the key verb there. The second movement takes you across this line that separates the two worlds. So you're entering this new world, and Campbell says most likely what's going to happen is some evocation of the feeling of descent. That's the act, is to descend. Now, there are many ways to uh, describe this, and I, I would point out to you that my way of looking at things is poetic. I'm all about metaphors, because Campbell said that's what a story or a myth really is. It's a metaphor. So when I say something like descent, it may be, well, they're not descending in my story. They're actually climbing at that point. You know, don't be so literal about it. Don't get hung up on the specific verse. Think about the intention behind them, the idea of leaving something and taking a plunge in a figurative sense into some new world. Uh, we talk, for example, about falling in love. And in a love story, 
you will maybe separate from a former love or from some condition where you can't love or be loved, and then you begin to, and it has that feeling, even in the language of falling, falling in love. Now that takes you around to roughly uh, the halfway point, Michael's 50%, or what Sid Field calls the midpoint, very important moment in my way of looking at things because it gives punctuation to the story. It gives a signal to the audience that a section is done, the work of one part is done. Now something really big usually happens in the, roughly the middle of the story. It may be delayed to maybe 75%, but some major event has to be confronted here. And that has usually a characteristic of death and rebirth. Now this is the key of my whole approach and Camel's whole idea, is that all the myths and legends are replaying some kind of symbolic scene for us that represents the mystery of death and rebirth. That in order to uh, go through the stages of life, the, the idea is uh, that to live fully and to fully express yourself and fully experience these various stages we all go through, the old life has to die. You could say the ego has to die time and again. You know, and this isn't just a one-time thing in your life. It happens over and over. So uh, there is that sense in all literature and art of uh, representing this tableau of death and rebirth. And the ancient myths, the Greek drama, all of the art from the ancient world uh, is somehow expressing this idea of death and rebirth. In the actual legends themselves, the myths, the heroes often go into some cave and fight a dragon, or they go into the underworld and face death, or they actually die and somehow by a miracle are brought back to life. And we see this in religions around the world, and it's a very, very common and well-understood thing. And it seems to work at all levels, even down to jokes and uh, comic books and uh, the, the most silly sitcom or kids' uh, animation show. They all somehow touch a corner of this idea of death and rebirth. So you're descending towards that death. And then the next movement, the third part of the circle, third quadrant of the circle, is what Campbell calls initiation. And it's a little strange to have an initiation three quarters of the way through the story because initiation doesn't it mean beginning, a new beginning. What is meant here is that yes, you are beginning again with this new life. You've, the old life has died in the first half of the story. Now you have survived this ordeal of death and uh, some part of you has died or you've dealt with death somehow. And now you are initiated into the new life. This is the beginning of that rebirth process. And there are many ups and downs that can happen here. Uh, sometimes you have love scenes as people earn the right to be loved by shedding and sacrificing the old ways. You may also have... Uh, problems like ego inflation because, hey, we've faced death and we've conquered the devil and we've stood up to the forces of darkness, so aren't we as powerful as they are? You know, and this is what happens sometimes in war stories or in uh, police dramas where the hero sort of gets slimed by the struggle with the opposition and they take on some of 
the qualities of the enemy. So there are possible pitfalls here, but the main idea is one of just getting your bearings and experimenting again with the idea of, of this new life. Now the final movement, the last quadrant, Campbell calls return because in most stories there is a sense of closing the cycle and coming back around to a beginning point. Uh, sometimes it's very literal and geographic and architectural. You go back to the same building or the same room or the same uh, town and revisit it, that place, having changed. You see it differently now. Your attitude and your performance is different because of what you've been through. Uh, but there are some special cases that I should mention. Uh, one thing is to, to keep in mind, and I think we have some examples that touch on this that we'll be discussing today, but there is a mode, the tragic mode, where the hero makes a mistake. Either early on, they are in denial about something. Uh, as in the case of Notorious, uh, there's denial of love, uh, of the evident fact of love staring them in the face. They're two movie stars, after all. Uh, can't they see that they're meant for each other? So but there's denial about that, so the whole movie is tending to disaster, but it's rescued just at the last moment. Uh, and then there's another tragic case where the hero uh, may do everything right, but it then blow it at the end by sliding back to old behavior or denying you know, the wonder of everything that he's learned so far. Uh, so the tragic case is one sort of subset of this where they may not return or they may not complete the thing, and that's the tragedy, is that they failed. The other interesting exception is something you find in foreign films, in Australian movies, in movies from Asia sometimes. Uh, French films like to do this, and student films like to do this. They don't have this conventional closed structure. This is the, the closed structure I'm describing is the fairy tale form, and Hollywood movies are a lot like fairy tales. They have the same sort of parental attitude of putting you to bed after scaring you a little bit with a story. They put you to bed reassured that, you know, all your cultural values are just the same, and so we return, and nothing really has changed. Um, but there is this other pattern where instead of returning and closing the circle, it's open, open-ended, and the story may loop off into... Uh, some infinite uh, direction or new turn. Uh, it may hook into another story if there's going to be a sequel. So you complete part of the journey, but leave some things open, like the villain gets away, as in Star Wars, uh, at the first Star Wars movie. I mean, we killed the Death Star and we rescued the princess, but Darth Vader spun away and we know he's going to come back someday. And there's also a wink between... Uh, uh, Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia, so we know something is going to go on between them later. Incest, if I'm reading it right, but uh, that, that's, that's left uh, to be discovered. So this open-ended possibility is there. Uh, I, I think it's creeping into American movies a little bit, uh, a more awareness or acceptance of this, where you don't resolve every question and you leave some mysteries and question marks. And again, this is about punctuation. Most American movies end with very emphatic punctuation, uh, an exclamation point. We won, hooray for us, hooray for our side. 
You know, Top Gun is like this. Yay, we killed some Russians that have families at home. And wow, aren't we great? We killed those Russian flyers. So, um, you know, we end most of our American films this way or with a period that uh, it's definitely over. That's the end. That's all. But there is this other possibility that things can go off into the ellipsis of dot, dot, dot of, well, then who knows what happened? You know, and the attitude is a little more mature and less parental. And the idea is, uh, I'm not God here as the filmmaker. I'm a participant in the art just like you are. So let's all together figure out how this ends. You go home and keep talking about it. So there's a sense that the story goes on in the creative discussion that's been stirred up. Or it may end with a question mark of, did they? Did they get together? Did they make love? Were they meant for each other? Is it a happy ending or not? And in this open-ended form, uh, often they will end with, with this uh, hook of a question mark. I think it's interesting, just even the shapes of these things. The question mark is uh, shaped like a hook. And the questions are very important in both the inner and outer journey of setting up at the beginning some problem or question. Will he achieve that outer goal? And will he or she overcome this inner thing that we're going to talk about later? Understanding the hero's journey is is like basically 101, screenwriting 101. You have to understand that concept. You have to understand that whole process. And Chris is the leading expert in the in Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. If you want to know more about uh, Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, uh, the writer's journey by Chris Folger, or about the course, head over to the show notes at IndieFilmHustle.com forward slash 190. And as promised, the discount code is I-F-H-D-I-S. That's I-F-H-D-I-S. Do it into the checkout. It normally retails for $175, but I'm giving it to you guys for $15. So it is, if you're a writer or a filmmaker and wants to understand more about the hero's journey, definitely check it out, guys. Now, on a side note, I told you guys I was going to be doing a whole bunch of new stuff on YouTube, and that stuff is happening now. Uh, I'm going to be releasing Three episodes every week for the foreseeable future. On Tuesdays will be released a new episode of the Director Series, which is a series that is a video essay series that follows uh, the entire careers of David Fincher, Stanley Kubrick, Chris Nolan, uh, P.T. Anderson, Coen Brothers, Terrence Malick, and, and, and so on. And currently we are in Christopher Nolan as of this recording. Just released that one yesterday. On Wednesdays we're going to be releasing uh, Indie Film Hustle Film School, which are going to be lessons from many of the many courses that we have and upcoming courses that we have as well, and just film school tips, things about how to create films. And then on Thursday, we're going to be doing rebroadcasts of the podcast on YouTube as well. And I do have a show that I'm going to be doing in the near future. i got to just work around the schedule when I can actually shoot it. And there'll be little videos here and there, clips, quotes, inspirational stuff that I'll be uploading. But the Indie Film Hustle YouTube channel will become much more active. And if you want to go check it out, head over to IndieFilmHustle.com forward slash YouTube. And subscribe, guys. Please subscribe and you'll get updated as soon as new videos are uploaded. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you got something out of this episode. And as always, keep that hustle going. Keep that dream alive, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Indie Film Hustle podcast at IndieFilmHustle.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-F-I-L-M-H-U-S-T-L-E.com.
Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia.